Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Have you ever heard someone use the term imposter syndrome? Today's guest, she first introduced me to it. And it can be defined as a psychological pattern in which people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. I recently had a pretty severe case of imposter syndrome. I was preparing to teach my first workshop. And as I looked at the roster of my very full class, I was suddenly filled with raging insecurity and completely panic-stricken. I mean, Who am I to teach? I have so much yet to learn. There are definitely far more qualified people for the job. I mean, how did I even end up here? See that? That is imposter syndrome. So the workshop happened. I loved every moment of it. Um, No one started the place on fire. And I'm pretty sure my students did not think I was a fraud. But I wonder... How long will it take until I don't feel this way about teaching? And does this feeling actually ever go away, even after years of experience? Do you think David Bowie ever felt a touch of imposter syndrome? My guest today has experienced some pretty extreme change the past few years. She moved across the country to a place she'd never been. She bought a house. She transitioned her business from studio jewelry to fine jewelry. And for you non-jewelers out there, trust me, that is a big transition, which also included a complete rebranding of the name of her business and her website. Uh, So yeah, I get it. With that much rapid transition, I start to feel a bit like an imposter myself. But the thing is, my friend Marilyn is anything but. This past January, I had the pleasure of sitting down with her. And really, the point of the conversation was just to hear her story. I wanted to know, how does a gal from Virginia start out as a sculpture major and come to find herself opening a fine jewelry showroom in Apalachicola, Florida? So please welcome to the podcast, Marilyn Brogan. Yeah. He's got a great attitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect, found the perfect person for it. Yeah. Never letting him go. So Marilyn (laughs) Brogan. Hey. hey, I'm so happy you're here. I'm um, so happy to be here. You've been in, on my mind to have at Pentaculum for a couple years. I was just like, Aww. yeah, well, you're just this person. I met you through my mentor and we have that Penland connection. You were a core fellow. What years were you a core fellow? I think it was 05 and 06. 05 and 06. Um, I really should know that. Oh, yeah, I have hard time. <laughs> and then I was like... Um, I was 2013, 2014, to 2015. Yeah, 2013 to 2015. See, that's the thing. The way the that years line up, yes. it's weird to say because it's two years, but it's not exactly lined up no. like that. So it makes it 
confuses you a little. They drop you at the end of the fall concentration, but then you're yeah. there for the winter. Yeah, so you got to add in that time. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, that program, I don't know exactly how long it's been going on, but there's only like a little over 200 people that have ever gone through it. Wow. When really? we did, yeah, exactly. That's why I was shocked because think about it. It's only nine artists at a time, and every other year, half of them switch out. Right. So the history of the program, it's not a very high volume thing Mm-mm. if it's that many people just every two years. It's truly a unique experience on this earth. Yeah. So we're all kind of like a little, I feel like I've talked to so many core fellows or like whatever, whatever. Craft schools are incestuous. <laughs> like yeah. you go to one, you go to them all, and you kind of get to know this community. Um, but yeah, so you're just somebody that was like, oh, she would be perfect for this. Um, and for a few reasons. One definitely is your personality is fantastic. I love it. Oh my. You're so scared of this podcast. You keep you, you keep moving away I'm from the microphone. moving away. Yeah. I did this with my doctor and getting a shot as well. Okay, let's just take a deep <laughs> breath, everyone. We're going to take a drink of our cocktails that we poured for ourselves to get Marilyn. <laughs> Nice and, nice and relaxed. I understand it's hard to, you know, it's an intimidating thing. I get that. You're very intimidating. Sarah. Okay, take a I bet drink. You get that a lot. <laughs> That's nice. Um, it's three in the afternoon. Um, but also, I wanted you here because, as a coordinator for Pentaculum, something really important to me is di- the diversity of types of artists. Hmm. And you're the type of artist who did Penland, did the contemporary jewelry scene, um, you know, had a production line, had Mm -hmm. the Etsy going on. And at some point you switched gears and were like, I'm going to turn to fine jewelry. Yes. And and we're going to get into all of that. That is the reason why I wanted to talk to you. Um, But to give our listeners, I love giving the listeners a little background about the people I'm talking to. So who are you? Where are you from? What have you been doing (laughs) with your life? (laughs) <laughs> no, no. The easiest one is like, where are you from, though? Okay. <laughs> no, but seriously. Um, I'm originally from Salem, Virginia, which is right outside of Roanoke. Okay. So in the mountains, it looks like Penland there a little bit when you get into the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because mm-hmm. I went to Longwood University, which was in Farmville. You did? Well, I went as a visiting artist. Oh, right. Okay. Angela Bubosh was, was there. Like, how in the hell did you end up at that school? But no. for this reason, it makes so much sense. I yeah. mean, you went, but never mind. No, I don't have a degree. I, I know just, that's, I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, I just hang out at universities. I don't actually go to them. <laughs> um, but it was beautiful. So you went there. And where did you go to school at? Um, I went to mostly uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. VCU. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Great program. It is, yes. And I was in the sculpture program there. Whoa. So I did not have any inkling that I would ever be um, a metalsmith or into jewelry at all. The I did like mixed media work, installations mostly. Okay. In undergrad, yeah. Weird, I did not know this about you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I did um, like big room filling projects. Oh, I love things like that. Yes, me too. Environments. It was so good. Yeah. I'm and sure you make a lot of money doing that. Well, I think only two or three people make a lot of money doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured out that I don't really have I just didn't I don't know. Like I know there's this imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I uh, we all struggle with it to an extent, but for that particular realm, I just could not envision how I could break in. I didn't, I don't know, I didn't know anyone. Yeah. I didn't have a gallerist 
BFF or family um, that was at all related in the field. So I just thought, I don't know how to make this work and I don't want to teach. Oh, well, that's very fair because a big part of that is when you're making work like that, where is the income going to come from? Yeah. Often it's an academic. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just was like, I want to make stuff and I want to get paid to make stuff. Yeah. But I, I just cannot see how to get into the gallery scene. And I had a good start. Like VCU definitely set me up for success, but I just didn't want to go to graduate school because I didn't see the point of it and not wanting to teach. Yeah. And that, man, that's really good. That's smart. Like at that age, I feel like some people can't see that far ahead they're like I'm just gonna go to grad school because that's just what you do yeah that's what everyone around me was was doing yeah and I just had a moment where it was like oh let's pump the brakes <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's really going on here and what do I want to pursue and the conceptual I mean like VCU's sculpture program mm-hmm. was and I imagine it still is very conceptually based and less mm-hmm. materials based um and I just I don't know I had a hard time wrapping my mind around that and accepting it as like being very valid oh god no no and i mean it's different for everybody somebody is going through there and it is you know and that's what they do and they go into grad school and they make it happen and it's all killer there's nothing wrong with admitting that you know you know the whole square and you're a circle like yeah it's fine yeah that's fine so did you graduate with a sculpture degree then i did okay so you graduated good grades and Cum laude or cum Look laude at you, cum laude. Is that, is that how you say I that? I do not know, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so then what did you do when you graduated? What did I do? Oh, I, I entered a long career in retail and, yeah, shitty customer service. Like, I worked at... Um, did you stay in... Um, where's VCU at? Richmond, Virginia. I've heard Richmond's a fun town. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be a great place to just, like work a job for a while and party and hang out that's yeah that's pretty much what happened like, i i got a job right out of school at a very um popular coffee shop okay <laughs> my friends are going to yale and uh ucla to study with oh whatever yeah whatever and i was like well here i am slinging coffee to the people who have jobs who were in my intro drawing classes freshman year and they're they've got jobs at the uh, graphic design firm across the street that's that's a little yeah, hard sometimes. That was Nance. They're like, oh, they got their adult job. Whatever. I still feel that way too. <laughs> like, like, oh, you have your adult job, and I'm still trying to figure it out. But we all get yeah. there. That's right. That's we right. We all get there. And yeah. And then I got a job at the Video Fan. Hello, people from RVA. What is that? The Video Fan was an independently run video store. Okay. It was an art store. Oh, I love jobs like this. You were that cool hip girl that got to work at the cool place. Yeah. And talk about imposter syndrome. I was like, do what now? <laughs> and the two women who were in charge were awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Big shout out to Louise Capsbach and Allison Rayner. <laughs> and they both decided that they wanted to quit. Um, and they made sure that I had a management position before they put in the resignation which was Aww, so nice of them and so nice. I did that full time for a couple of years and it was great that's like the cool job at the record store you know like yeah. those jobs are hard to get yeah and I love movies so it was yeah. a perfect perfect fit for me bitchin yeah so then what's next than that like what's going on in your mind the whole time like saving up money thinking about I was just kind of like resting on that for the moment and then getting really sick of living in the city. Were you paying student loans at this time? I have always had 
a course of action for student loans and their so you paid for your own schooling yes oh you paid for all of it starting in third grade my dad would remind me (laughs) (laughs) if you want to go to college then it's on you okay okay dad all right fair enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm I see his point. There was five of us. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't my idea. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then were your student loans just monstrous? They were okay because I went to a state school for most of it. Mm. And um, so VCU is pretty affordable, but I, yeah, it's still, it's, my plan of action for paying them off has always been pay when you die. (laughs) Die owing, (laughs) you know, like come and get it i feel like a lot of people are uh (laughs) leaning into that concept i'm gonna pay the interest i'm gonna keep myself out of trouble yeah but um mm -mm. yeah no no it's uh, uh, yeah anyway i'm slow and steady (laughs) that's another conversation but yeah yeah, exactly exactly it's like fair i feel like any day now that's either going to blow up and just go away yeah um or it isn't and i can't i can't deal with that with yeah. that world but just paying the little bit of interest that i you know i'm required to pay is manageable i've got mm-hmm. the what is that thing the income based yeah thingy. a lot of people do that yeah and then that doesn't really affect your credit score does it like it Absolutely doesn't actually not. look good because you pay something on time all the time well i'm no accountant oh okay yeah. um <laughs> so i don't really know about that I did buy a home recently. Hey, people, you can still buy a house with student loans. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, but that was actually a factor because my oh. partner's, uh, he has a very big student loan bill. Yeah, because he has a PhD, right? Yeah. Cutler, you're so smart. He's so Good smart. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was actually kind of, for a moment, was an issue. We found a workaround. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's scary stuff. I don't like, I mean, no one likes having a lot of debt. Yeah. And that one is just, um, that's probably the biggest bill that I've got out there. Well, I, mean, I guess I have a house. Now oh, you have God. a house. You just bought a house. So you got a different bill. But I got to walk around the building. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay, got to take a lap. New subject. Moving on. So you're living your life. You mm-hmm. have the cool job. You're in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you go from there? Well, from there... Oh, God, it gets complicated. But uh, there was a brief stint in Boone, North Carolina. Oh, Appalachian, Appalachian State's there. Yes, we will call those the dark years. <laughs> okay, why are they so dark? I was there for two years. I was, well, oh, God. Did you go to school there? Like, how no. do you know? Did My, you move there for love? Well, I wouldn't call it that, honey. <laughs> but I was in a relationship with someone who went to graduate school there. So I was oh. like, oh, I'm so ready to get out of the city anyway. Let's go. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful area. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's not very many jobs. And I got stuck in this stupid retail job at the pots and pan department of a mass general store. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Good times. Mm. And, um, yeah, but luckily um, I found out about Penland while I was there via my beautiful Aunt Josephine. Mm. And, yeah, because I, I was still, like, wanting to make work. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I'm not going to be in it, um, fancy galleries and I'm not going to try and be like a you know famous sculptor then yeah. um what do I want to do and I was like I don't know the theme of my work is really like repetition mm-hmm. I love multiples yeah hence the production line down the road oh yeah and I was like well maybe something doing with fibers because of like printing okay and I really like fabric and really was into different fabric techniques like knitting and sewing I had a sewing machine when I was in sculpture and I just would like rip out 
rip out big long pieces of fabric i don't know yeah. nothing really good came from that but um <laughs> but it was fun yeah um anyway so yeah i ended up applying to penland because that price tag was steep girl working at mass general store minimum wage and yeah mm, um so i applied for a scholarship and i was really happy and i got it so so you got a work study scholarship yes i got okay. a work study scholarship so you're applying what you're applying for is like what a two-week summer workshop it was actually a spring concentration damn yeah that price tag is big yeah i yeah. mean it's amazing oh, it's yeah. totally worth it oh absolutely but and there are those opportunities yeah and there's yeah. a lot of scholarships they really do try to help make it but i still really even with do. the scholarships i wouldn't have been able to because i'm bad at saving money well i didn't have any money saved at all i was just like i ha- literally hate this job so much <laughs> i hate i hated boone i'm sorry but i i do not that's care okay for you don't Carolina. have to like everything it's fine mm, i strongly did not like that place anyway uh <laughs> but i met some lovely people yeah um anyway uh so i was really happy to just be able to wash my hands of that and just go be on a mountain for two months and just figure it out when it was over and mm-hmm. um the relationship that i was in that brought me to boone ended while i was at penland, on, at penland. yes oh, i've had a couple breakups at penland too <laughs> welcome to Cheers. we're clinking 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 <laughs> that's not a word god i say wrong words word all after the time the second one of these i think oh yeah we have <laughs> we have more vodka it's right here we're fine we'll take a moment and pour ourselves another drink <laughs> Um, so then when you're at Penland, this mm-hmm. is when you hear about the core program, the core program. And I was like, no way. Now I know what I'm doing for the next two years, you know, or hopefully. So yeah. I found out about that. And oh, while I was at Penland and this terrible breakup occurred, it was like the best possible place I could have been in. Like I literally yeah. went straight from, so I had two roommates that were both glass blowers. Oh, the glass glass studios the women party animals women of glass are <sighs> amazing yes oh, sh- so much fun. i have so many women i love in glass they're the best i got to go straight well almost straight from penland and oh god and all, all of this stuff um to the glass the what is it gas conference oh you went to a gas conference i've heard in new orleans (gasps) what that sounds amazing it was the best for those listening who aren't from it what is it's like glass something something you know it's like society north american goldsmiths we have a yearly Mm -hmm. conference most mediums have a conference and Mm -hmm. gas is for glass and i have heard stories about how much of a party it is it was good times I want to go just times. because, just to like, you know, hang yeah, out. Too. Um, <laughs> so then you go to this conference, you work on your Penland application. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I had a lot of time to work on my application. And, um, yeah. And then I applied and I was back in Richmond, Virginia. I, I was going to say, because you broke up. So you didn't go back to Boone. No. I, yeah. Yeah. Picked up my stuff and hit the road. Yeah. Well, because you had to. Because <laughs> yeah, there was no option, really. Yeah. And I was so happy to be out of there. And going back to Richmond was nice, too, because, yeah. you know, I had some good friends there. You have your people. Yeah. Yeah. So then what, ha- I, I what mean, happened? What happens? Do you get into the core program? <laughs> Wait for it. Yes. Yes. Yes, I you did. do. Um, Is that your first time? Your first application you got in? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, well, a lot of people, I, it takes like two or three times. Like my mentor, Sarah Lurcher, mm-hmm. you guys were in core together. Yeah. Um, it took her her third time. What? I didn't really realize yeah, that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that take two or three times yes, to get in. I, I, yeah. There's some people that take four or five times to get in. <laughs> um, and I, it's not necessarily speaking to whether or not they're deserving of the opportunity. No, it's about fit. Uh, it could be because, I mean, 
there's nine artists and so you're all you're looking at like male to female ratio mm-hmm. they don't like put a whole lot of focus on it but it's kind of nice but medium focus as well mm-hmm. you know you can't have a bunch of jewelers in there they want right. it like a broad range and a diverse group yeah yeah i got I, in on my first time too Yay. And I was not, I did not save any money and I was not prepared to go. Oh, no, honey. No, I didn't have anything. I mean, I was working part time at a salon Mm. and yeah, as a receptionist. See, that's a job I've never actually done before. That's a, well, don't, there's no looking back now. Don't do it. But (laughs) at the time, it was, it was wonderful. The people I worked with were really sweet and. And you get your hair done for free? Yeah. Yes, actually. Fringe benefits. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I know girls that work at salons. Some products. Mm-hmm. Got some free products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're always looking good. <laughs> so you moved to Penland. What work did you apply with? Were- oh, all of my undergrad stuff. Oh, from so sculpture. Like sculpture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's, that's what I had. And um, some of the work I was doing, I called 2.5D. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't cute. quite 3D, and, but it was three-dimensional on the wall does that make sense so for that example sense. one of the pieces that i really love still to this day was um made with grapefruit so you take a grapefruit and you mm-hmm. cut it open and then you have the little segment yeah. and then there's that little papery membrane yeah and you peel that back and then you have the pulp yeah and the pulp's like kind of forms the little sheet so i <laughs> would take the little piece of pulp and lay it on a sheet of glass and I just kind of like would fill in the glass like make a little circle basically and and then um the pulp would the I guess the membrane that holds the juice inside would slowly kind of like break down and then the sugar would eke onto the or leak you know what I'm saying onto the glass and form um like a resin almost like a really hard glue And so the little skin of that would still be on there. Yeah, it was super weird. I always wonder how people figure things like this out. Like, oh, right, school. You have time to do that kind of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because you don't go into that knowing what's going to happen. It's Mm -mm. a happy mistake or experiment. Yeah. Like, I think I was eating grapefruit in my studio and was like, that's a really pretty pink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like a really hard one, you know, sometimes they're a little hard. Anyway. And I just like set it down and it looked like a plastic jewel. Hmm. And yeah, and then I think I probably just set it on a piece of paper or God knows what, and then it did that thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Let's let's make a piece out of that. Well, <laughs> you know, I always ask for images from artists, like on the webpage for this and whatever. Mm-hmm. I know this is so such old work from you, but yeah. would you send that image of that piece? Or if you, did if you I even can d- find it. If, if you can find it anything. It's literally on a slide. Oh, that might be rough. Yeah. I mean, I won't blame you if you can. I mean... Not to date yourself or anything. Where to begin? I know. Well, it was at the end of the the, the slides. age of slides. Yes, but they were still required for for Penland's application at that time. Oh wow, weird. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> you get to Penland, and I know a big part of the core fellowship is that they want you to explore their mediums mm-hmm. and techniques that you don't necessarily apply to get in with. Right. So is this where you? I mean, you're a jeweler in my mind. Right. When do you start yeah, making jewelry? Right? Where? Um, year two. Wow, yeah. you didn't even jive in your first year. Mm-mm. No, the first year I was in textiles and weaving because I had to get that out of my system. Yeah, and me I'm, too. Got it out. Man, yeah. <laughs> my teacher, Bhakti Akata, loved her. She was like, if you don't love the process of setting up the loom as much as the process of weaving, this isn't going to work out. She didn't mean she made the announcement to the class. She yeah. literally didn't single me out, but I was like, I do not love this. I do not love it either. <laughs> like I, Kim Miris were at Pentaculum and across the 
other side of that wall is Kim Miras, and she's a fantastic weaver, does great, beautiful work. And I was walking back and forth to get to this office, and she was threading the loom, and I was just having Mm-mm. flashbacks and just cringing. Like, I hate it. I hate it. Mm-mm. Yeah, anyways. Yep. Every- <laughs> I respect weavers so much. But I love, like, intricate, you know, tiny, intricate things. And Yeah, I do, theme. too. And I had, you know, when you're at Penland and you're a core student, you're allowed to have anybody that you want teaching there to come and check out your work. If you can convince them to come to your studio, then you can have a conversation. So I did Mm. that with a lot of people. I really decided I was going to get out of my comfort zone and approach people that I, you know, respected their work or just thought it was cool or there was some kind of common thread. Yeah. And um, I heard from a lot of people like, well, have you done anything in metals? Have you thought about metals? And I'm like, no, like jewelry. I don't wear jewelry. Everybody makes jewelry. I'm not going to make jewelry. No one was making jewelry. That's weird because when I was at Penland, everybody was a jeweler. Even the non-jewelers were jewelers. I don't think that was the case when I was there. I don't Hmm. recall that being something that does something like my attitude. Yeah. (laughs) Not to sound negative, but it was like, oh, okay, everybody's making jewelry. everybody's doing it, I'm doing something else, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I decided to give it a go. And um, soldering, I was just like, oh, this is great. I love this. Soldering's really satisfying once you figure it out. satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I remember when I first met you and Sarah, my mentor, was talking Mm -hmm. about your work because you guys were really close during the core and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, she fuses. Like, you're a fuser. Yeah. I did. I learned that after, way after when I started doing production work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that was something in my mind. I was like, I've never even fused anything. Oh, it's so fun. Okay. Tangent. Jewelry tangent. We'll have another cocktail after this and go into it if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Okay. So, um, Who did you take that first class with that made you fall in love with metals? I believe the very first class that I took was the spring concentration. Which is two months long, so it's good time to like really dive into a new medium. And really try, yeah, mm-hmm. everything. Jim Cotter? No. That's fine. He you don't have to remember everybody's names. Sorry. I think I'm feeling a little pressure. That makes my brain shut down. Oh, it doesn't matter. I know There's him so many jewelers in the world. Face. He was the head of the metals department of VCU for a really long time. Huh. And I, I, the, I don't know who's going to be listening to this, but you either loved him or you didn't. And I really That's did. That's fair. I really did. He was so nice. Yeah. James. Oh, Meyer. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank God. See James Meyer. Because. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's yeah, yeah. another name like that in the jewelry world, so we had to differentiate. Said, I thought that you don't understand about that, Miss Sarah Brown. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's like another Sarah Brown. Um, you mean Miss Sarah Rachel Brown. Yes, that's, that's how we... <laughs> pardon me, moi. Yeah, yes. uh-huh. <laughs> um, so then, okay, so then Penland, you fall in love with jewelry. Mm-hmm. You start making it. Did you make a... Because when I came to know you, you had a production line of jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, is that when you started making that work there? Um, no. no. No, because I didn't know anything. Yeah. Like, literally, it was my first class, and I learned to solder in that oh, class. Oh, right. Yeah, like, you're a baby. I, mm-hmm, I was a total baby when I left. And, um, yeah. When you left, where'd you go? Um, well, oh God, that's complicated, too. The, the transition out easy. of Penland is so hard, it anyways. You're broke, and yes. <laughs> you're in this, like, beautiful, amazing bubble for two years, and then you are just ripped from the womb. Yeah. <laughs> literally, five days after you leave, there's a new group of artists that take and, your place. And I don't know about you, but I was just, like, I had basically had, like, a two-year craft school hangover. Yeah. It was just, like, 
I have met a thousand different faces mm-hmm. and I have rocked them all. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I've met so many people. I, I've had such an amazing experience. It's just, you just feel totally fried by the end of it. Yeah, and I was fried. working. I was fried, bitter, well and kind of mean. I w- yeah, me too. I got yeah. I got to be real grouchy near the end. And yeah. then people would be like, oh, where are you going? And I'd be like, Asheville. And they're like, oh, well, I'll see you around. And I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> like, I don't want to see you. Don't you take you. me for granted. So you moved to Asheville. I did. For a, a lot hot of people minute. do that. That's yeah, kind of like a landing. Else? You just roll down the hill. Oh, look no, at me. I was determined to not do that, actually. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I sound like a snob, but I was like, ain't no way. No, no way in hell I'm going to Asheville. Yeah. It's uh. that whole thing about like, well, everybody does that. I know. <laughs> yeah, totally. I didn't. I just, you know, I didn't have a plan. Yeah. And the Asheville thing just seemed like, well, so-and-so's leaving. They're renting a room in this house and they're leaving. And it was just like the perfect timing. And I was like, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And then I got this, the, my favorite ever job, which was, okay, besides the one I have now, obviously. Yeah. Which was working at a bakery in oh. Asheville. Oh, my God. It was so good. It what made so the job dreamy. so great? Uh, I think the space was good. The lighting was excellent. Oh, okay. You're like surroundings. <laughs> no, really, truly. It, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And also, I really love baking. I love baking. I was always a cook at, at Poundland. Like, that was my job oh, for two years was yeah. in the kitchen. And yeah. I, I was not always inspired, I have to say. But um, I learned a lot. And I was able to, like, take that and have that be, like, a, a transition, like, built up that resume yes yeah exactly like build those skills and then take them with me and then this bakery is city bakery i think it's still oh i there. know city bakery yeah. why did you just say that in the first oh, place sorry. they're amazing <laughs> yeah they're the best they got this biscuit sandwich that is to die for oh, i bet mm. it is yeah it's really good they had semolina bread with um sesame seeds on top oh, i'm sure it's amazing ever. everything so i've ever had everything there is, there is good they make well when i was there i'm sure it's the same way but they made everything from scratch like you would come in and they would have like tomatoes sliced and like laying on this big uh, sheet to make sun-dried tomatoes. Yes. Oh, look at them. It was great. Asheville is such a hippy-dippy town. I, I like to mock it, but it's also kind of amazing. It really is. It yeah. really is. It really can be. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Well, she's grown up too. It's huh. changed a lot. Oh, Asheville. Yeah, it's one of those cities that's just like blowing up. People in Brooklyn found out about it. It's all over. <laughs> The rents are actually getting kind of unaffordable, and it's shocking. I thought they were unaffordable when I was there. Oh, honestly. really? Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's why I was hence renting a room in a house. Like, mm. no one wants to do that, especially after having eight roommates. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And no, a mouse totally. highway in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> we're referencing, for those that don't know, like, all the core <laughs> fellows at Penland live in the core house. And Morgan. Morgan Hall. Morgan Hall. And that house has seen... Many, many things. Many, many things. Yeah, and it's an old house. It's an old with house. With a lot of holes, and it's beautiful. It's Clearly beloved. a small budget to <laughs> keep up with things that an old house demands. But yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to live anywhere else. Yeah, no, exactly. They're building a new core house, and I'm just like, oh, what? I would never want to live anywhere but there. No one likes change. No one likes change. But, We're all being like poo-poos right about you, it right though. now. I'm yeah. still with you. So, yeah. I'm sorry. When do you get to making jewelry? I just don't get it. Girl. Um. <laughs> no, I do love it, though, yeah. because I feel like. Well, it's hard. Everybody's path is different. I love mm-hmm. that you've taken so many different iterations of, like, 
what you're going to do and how to get there. I started off going to college at a school for creative writing. I was going to write. And then I, someone was like, hey, you should apply for this scholarship. Um, There's an art scholarship for this school. I was like, okay, cool. But then instead I changed schools. I was like, well, if I'm going to do art, I'm going to go to art school. I'm going to go to the state school. It's cheaper. It's blah, 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 whatever. And um, yeah. And then from there to like trying to figure out how to be not having any means and yeah. no means of support from family or otherwise, you know, yeah. like how to be able to make art and keep a job, you know, like where you're getting paid, like basically, no, always minimum wage, like yeah. slightly more than minimum wage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that makes that. things interesting too, in some regards. For a where, while, it's interesting. Well, I was talking, oh, hello. I just hear some country music on the background. Do you hear that? I do. I don't know what's going on the out there. The sounds of Aramont. Um, I mean, what Gatlinburg. I say is, you know, a lot of people look at my experience like, oh, you didn't go to school and you did all these things. And I was like, well, that's not because I actually wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could have paid to go to a school yeah. and get a degree and then go to grad school, I would have done all those things. But yes. my life reflects the decisions I've had to make based on my financial situation. Yeah. And that's how you end Survival. up doing crazy things like mm-hmm. working at a bakery and falling in love with that process <laughs> <Yeah>. or. <laughs> You know, yeah, that one could have that could have that could have wooed me away. I think open up. You could be like one of those people that opened <laughs> up their like own cupcake shop or yeah, yeah, that could have been you. I have to switch to donuts now. That's the new trend. Oh yeah, cupcakes carb. are out now. It's donuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's next? I don't know. Crumpets. Ugh, I hope not. I don't care for them. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I guess I haven't had a good one. There's a good crumpet place in the Pike Place Market in what Seattle. What you just said, there's a good crumpet place, leads me to believe that you were correct. Crumpets. <laughs> there's a whole the crumpet shop. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, so, okay, so mm. let's keep on trekking down this mm-hmm. road that you're on. You're in Asheville. Sorry, this is taking forever. After, oh, whatever, who cares? Two years after Penland, like, what's your next move? So hold up. While I was at Penland, I met a boy. And um, this boy... <laughs> was, who is now your husband p.s yes. so watch oh, what, what you say girl yeah. <laughs> well we met at penland and he got a job at, in tallahassee florida for a minute okay um teaching at a community college there yeah so i was in Asheville, and he was in tallahassee and that's far and i went to visit a couple of times because it was winter and it is not cold in Tallahassee in compared to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, of course. Typically, there are whatever. Um, I'm sure there are things that break that rule. But anyway, so I was like, well, this is stupid. This is a, this is a lot of driving. Um, I should probably just try and figure out if we want to continue with this relationship or not. And if so, then maybe I should head down to Tallahassee, which I did. And um, he promptly got accepted into... <laughs> into graduate school <laughs> oh man were you having like flashbacks like okay all right oh, yeah. this is going yeah like this this oh, it sucked so anyway um so i'm stuck in tallahassee and he's gone off to san diego oh you had to stay in tallahassee yes oh this is the whole thing about being broke and now it sucks oh you couldn't just up and move no no and i was w- waiting tables at this terrible restaurant it was awful mm. like hashtag me too all over with this job oh Gross. my god yeah it was disgusting anyway i hated it um anyway yeah yeah some stories but uh 
so he, anyway, he moved to San Diego, and I was going to wait until a couple of months. I was going to wait four months, yeah. and I was going to save. By the way, when you wait tables in Florida, this is the best part, you don't get minimum wage. You get half minimum wage. Oh, yeah. It's like Iowa. Oh, is Iowa like that, too? Oh, my God, that yeah. Is, I didn't know that that was a thing in other okay. states that you got. Yeah, I got yeah. paid $3.81 plus tips when I waited tables in Iowa. When I moved to Seattle, you get minimum wage plus tips. Yeah, minimum wage in Seattle has got to be good. We're, it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. still because you're, you're. yeah, I understand mm-hmm. all that because then I moved to San Diego. So finally, let's get me on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, so you stayed for four months? I did. Well, no, because he, this is so sweet. He got out there and he was out there for a couple of months and he was like, this sucks. Will you please come out now? Yeah. <laughs> so who's going to say, no, I have to stick to a budget? I yeah. Was like, okay, I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm lonely. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. How'd you get out there? Did you drive out there? I drove out there in my, oh God, 1990 blah, 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 Dodge Dynasty. Okay. It was loaded down. At like literally, like you could see the back wheels were squished further to the ground. And mm-hmm. my beta fish, Vera. Oh, yeah. she made the trip. She did. She did. <laughs> so then now you're in San Diego mm-hmm. and yes. you have to make a life and a purpose for yourself there. Yes. And yeah. I got a job. We, we moved into Hillcrest, which is the best neighborhood in San Diego. And um, I wanted a job where I could walk. I wanted to be able to walk to my stupid day job. Oh, yeah. So um, I got a job at Pete's Coffee and Tea. Oh, yeah. I know in Pete's. Hillcrest. Yes. Yes. I love I still like their coffee. And... Um, that ended up being a really wise move. I met, oh God, so many people there. Yeah. I met the guy who's now my accountant. Oh. Um, well, not for long. Sorry, Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a new state now, baby. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I met some good friends and the guy who I ended up randomly renting a space from for four years for my jewelry studio. He oh. was a regular. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tom. Dude, regulars. I've had a lot of connections come from the restaurants I work at. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So then you start running a studio, and what kind of work were you making? Uh, that Hence, here comes the production work. Finally. Yes, finally you got there. I knew you did some production jewelry in there I somewhere. Did. I did. Nice. I did a couple of years stint of that, um, and there was big things happening on the interwebs. So fab.com. Oh, I remember, remember those fab. guys. Yeah. Remember when? Yeah, I do. I had a mentor. Yeah, Sarah did fab.com. Yes, she did. Yeah. And she told me, she was like, you better get this while you can. I don't know how long this is going to last. And yeah. so I got I got in right in time. And um, that is where I really learned about like what production work is. Well, fab.com is this online retail where they paid you, was it wholesale? Mm-hmm. Did they buy wholesale from artists? Mm-hmm. So they buy wholesale from you, but they were basically selling the work at wholesale or something ridiculous. I don't know how they made a profit, hence the reason why they don't exist yeah, anymore. Yeah. But they, they sold the work at, they were like, oh, shop at fab.com. Their whole thing was like really discounted, awesome deals. Yeah, on crazy stuff like high end jewelry yes. and nice handmade, handmade bags. Handmade. They really bought that whole Etsy yeah thing yeah something in their business plan didn't add up. I'm sad they don't exist anymore because they did support so many artists I know. But I had a hard time getting my last check from them. I think I know a couple artists that mm-hmm. had a hard time getting their last check too. <laughs> but I got it. Yeah. Oh, good. good. Perseverance. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So you're making this production line. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how'd you feel about that? Um, I really liked it. 
I yeah. did. Yeah. Um, I was doing everything hand fabricated. Did you actually make your living off of this or do you still working at Pete's Coffee? I was working at Pete's and then through Pete's I met a friend who I was going to meet anyway through other social circles and he decided that he wanted to he was teaching at a um, charter school a charter high school with okay. a really great reputation um, high tech high mm-hmm. um, and he wanted to go to graduate school he thought he did anyway that's a long story but he split his job in half and he gave me the sophomores and he kept his seniors oh. and so I ended up doing that while I was doing this whole fab craze so like they did one sale of my work that was like okay um, they would put up like say it's 15 pieces so I've got 15 different pieces you can choose what you want and then they send me a sheet okay this is how many sold in the the three days that we featured you as an artist Mm -hmm. then that since I got I did well um they asked me to do a wholesale thing so they're like okay we want want to order 50 of these 25 of these Mm -hmm. whatever so when I got that huge order in it was like okay now go because you have like two months to to film this and that's a lot for just one person for in just their studio one person yeah. yeah so it was a really great challenge because i had to figure out how to move fast and how to like streamline my designs be and efficient as possible yeah and it was still like the time of like working in multiples mm-hmm. and so like seeing a I got just, a, I don't know, like 150 earrings yeah. um, all together, like coming out of the tumbler. Oh, that's and, a sexy moment. Oh, it's so nice. It's so good. Lots of bad Instagram pictures of that from that time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With all the filters, you know? I started following you around then, I think. That's around the time I was following. Yeah. It was so, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So, so how was that job teaching? Um... We don't have to get into it a whole lot if yeah. you don't want to. Yeah. It was good. It was, it was good. An and it was an experience and you did it? It was an experience. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm, I have. Oh, my God. Some of my students were the best people ever. Yeah. And, yeah, it was a, it was a good time. It was. Um, but it was also really good when I left because it was like, okay, I've got the fab thing. Is become It became like a regular thing. They were ordering yeah. from me multiple times. And then that led to other people contacting me for wholesale orders. All this see was your work on the interwebs. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of happens organically. You just mm-hmm. have to get in and start. Yeah. And people yeah. start seeing your business and they like, you know, you get an email. Well, you've always been really big on Etsy too, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. like you, yeah, you're one of those people that's really utilized that platform yes. well. Even when I very first moved to San Diego, working at Pete's, no way to make jewelry at all. I didn't have a torch. I didn't have any no hope of a setup yeah um i was selling like these drawings on etsy because really? i did a lot of that at penland too oh, yeah okay yeah. and some letterpress stuff that i collaborated with uh bridget elmer uh, oh i know bridget hey know girl bridget. hey yeah um okay that's mm-hmm. cool so then when you've quit that job you just go full-time jewelry i was doing full-time jewelry for about six months and that's terrifying you're in san diego i know yeah. it's not cheap there no and so that how... kind of snuck up on us too because oh, like okay. when we first moved there it was expensive but it wasn't um i mean like i thought Asheville was expensive okay yeah and like and it was to me yeah um so san diego is a whole new realm of that and then um it just you can talk to like so many people like this happens all over but like yeah rent just kept going up and up it and prices up you out yes yeah yeah a lot and of my friends are getting priced out of seattle right now oh my gosh yeah yeah i don't know how san francisco was going to make it through this like it's bad it's yeah. bad um 
it's so like yeah. the Hunger Games <laughs> for the real estate. It's fucking scary. People are getting vicious in Seattle right now. Oh, no. Move to Philly. We're fine. We're still just like, mm, no one wants to be here yeah. yet. We're cheap. Shh. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> so it snuck up on you. Yes, it snuck up for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, but the, but the jewelry gigs were coming in. I was getting, you know, orders and that was really good. Um, did you ever try like retail shows or wholesale shows like craft shows i had a short affair with like renegade okay and that was not good for me because i was using silver and i've been doing no gold at that time no gold at that time that was totally out the price point for renegade is lower Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was really inexpensive. And I would go with Sarah Lurcher and we set oh, up our little thing. And, cute. Yeah. But we would be having our beautiful handmade silver jewelry and we'd be beside someone making record bowls. Yeah. See, that's just the thing. When you do shows, <laughs> you have to research the type of artists that are going to be setting up right next to you. Yeah. Because if your clientele is walking through there, they have they have the expectation at the price point that the show is. So you just, oh God, and Sarah's yeah. work was kind of expensive, as yes. it should be. Oh, absolutely. So I could only so imagine labor. that it didn't do very well because they yeah. can just turn around and buy like $25 earrings. Yeah, of course. And who's going to spend $300 pairs dollars right. on a pair of earrings? I'm just remembering my very first Renegade. I didn't have a jeweler. I didn't have a jeweler's bench. I had like nothing to make jewelry with. Yeah. So I did really hokey stuff that I'm not proud of. Actually, never mind. Oh, that's that. fine. We all start somewhere. Girl, <laughs> I was buying hand, like manufactured ear hooks and like dr- like putting bought jump rings on pieces of broken costume jewelry. Oh, okay. That was where I started. All right. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not a bad place to start. Thanks. I mean, I still I still own some of that jewelry. I still wear it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. But anyways, enough about me. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> where were we? You were putting down the work you were making in the beginning, and I told you oh, to right. stop. Oh, right. I needed to stop doing that. Because we all go there. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. So you were doing craft shows and just like... Making yeah. your business happen. Yeah, I did Were a couple crafts. I was just okay? gonna like dip my toe into it. Yeah, and it just didn't work. It was very obvious immediately that this isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one that was like well, one we did in San Francisco, and that was fun to go to San Francisco. But and I think I broke even. Yeah. Um, but that's not really a good. That's not really the point. No. Yeah. And I and I just yeah, it just felt too. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be doing DIY stuff. The point of DIY is do it yourself, right? (laughs) So why are you coming to buy it from me? Well, I always tell, (laughs) I talk to people about it. They're like, well, why don't you have an Etsy? Why don't you have an online shop? It all relates back to the type of places you want your work at Mm -hmm. and the type of demographic you're trying to get and just the intentions with your business. Right. And your intention was not to make a hundred pairs of $25 (laughs) earrings your intention was to make five pairs of $200 earrings right yes yeah because you're one person 25 pairs of $200 earrings but never (laughs) exactly well yeah of course (laughs) but yeah but yeah um so yeah I I dipped my toe in that and decided not for me I actually went with Sarah to Mm -hmm. the ACC in Baltimore and it was that's when I first met her what? Yeah, the first time. Well, I took a class with her, and the ACC show was the first time she invited me to her studio because oh. she was like, I got into this craft show. I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't even know what a craft show is. And she's like, I need somebody to help me paint displays. And I was like, I think you're cool. I'll come do whatever you say. And I painted little blocks, colors, 
and she went and did her first show. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's how our internship started. Wow. Yeah. But I didn't know what ACC was. She kept trying to explain it to me, and it took a couple years to be like, oh, that's that thing she did. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not in, like, the click of, like, knowing what it is. If you're not in that world, you're not in that world. You don't care what it is. No, no. And it was a bad year because it was, I think it was 2008. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So a bad year for... um, for money yeah that, and that's yeah that economic crash it yep. was really real for artists shoot you could feel it there too it was like a ghost town well it's a luxury good right people yeah. always have to eat they actually have to put things on their bodies mm-hmm. unless they're in a nudist colony whatever <laughs> um but jewelry is you know besides wedding rings and engagement rings you know it's yeah. something that can be disposable right well, yeah even that i mean let's face it yeah some people yeah even that yeah Mm-hmm. But yeah, so mm-hmm. so yeah, shows not for me. I was just kind of like, well, then where do I fit if yeah. I don't like the shows and and the wholesale stuff? Actually, speaking of economic times, um, it was good with Fab, and there was a German one called Monoki. Anyway, mm. I got orders from them. It was really good for a few years, and yeah. then that kind of started to dry up, and that format obviously became unsustainable. And so that's right when I was teaching. It was a few years down the line from the ACC show, but um, uh, yeah, then I got uh, an email from uh, Taboo Studios, oh. a gallery that I had some work in in San Diego, and they were like, hey, so-and-so is on maternity leave. Would you be at all interested in putting in a couple of hours here a week? And I was like, "Oh, don't do it, don't do it. You finally just got rid of day jobs. You yeah. know, like you're finally just now having this time in the studio, but then it was just time in the studio with like no orders coming in. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'll try this. And it could be a good opportunity. And I haven't done this kind of work before, like, you know, retail and a jewelry store. Anyway. At least it was still within the medium or what you were currently oh, focused exactly. at. And yes. Taboo is great. I've heard of Taboo. Oh. They have a great reputation. Yes. And yeah. they're wonderful ladies. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gallery space is amazing. It's like, it's small. It's like a shotgun um, structure, you know, mm-hmm. and they fit so much work in there. It's so many different artists that they represent, and it's all organized. Was it tacky? Because sometimes people try to put too much in a small space. No, girl. It works? Mm-mm. Okay. They made it work. They had this really good sense of like how to arrange jewelry, and they had lots of really interesting th- like things to prop pieces on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was it was really – it's a very special place. So then it sounds like you didn't just fill in for a couple no, of hours here. No, they happened? got me. Oh, <laughs> nice. I ended up doing one day a week, and then it was one day a week, and then every other Saturday. And then it was two days a week. Mm-hmm. And I think that may have been pretty much it. And then shows, and then there were other times to come in. And anyway. The holidays yeah. help out. And, well, that's great because I think – um, having like a income that you know is going to, the hardest part about for me when I was trying to do limited production jewelry in my studio, is your cup empty? She just looked at her cup. She's like, I need more of a cocktail. It's a little low. Um, the, the hardest part for me is that you can't plan. Like I have a job now and the best thing I love about it is I actually know how much my paycheck is going to be. Yeah. And I can like allocate funds towards whatever I need and know how much I'm going to have left over to spend on a ridiculous pair of shoes or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's nice. The steady is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I applaud everybody that just, you know, is constantly on the hustle because I, I don't do well with that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. No, me neither, really. Yeah, it's hard. So really you're hard. doing this production line. Yes, and I'm working at Taboo Studios. And when I'm at Taboo, I'm realizing, I'm starting to recognize that gold is something that sells. and it, But it's very expensive. And at this point, I think this was like when, I think gold was like 13 something an ounce. Like oh it was God. it was up there. Yeah. Um, unless I'm misremembering it, but I'm pretty sure it was like, it had spiked. Yeah. And, um, oh yes, please. You g- give you. me your cup. You keep talking. Thank I'm going to pour my things inside <laughs> of it. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, Jay and Joanna, I want to work with gold, but how can I afford it? And they're like, no one can afford it. And then like, well, why don't you get a little bit and mix it in with some of your silver designs? And so I thought about how that might work. And like I, plating. I do gold vermeil plating. Oh, yes. I did vermeil for the, um, for yeah, for the production work. Yeah. I love that. That's a nice way to have the color of gold that's still affordable to yes, people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But um, the price tags on the... <laughs> on the jewelry that was like solid gold also um taboo is a wonderful place and and they're a little um they're picky which you know of course they should be they're curators yeah um but they didn't really like vermeil so like oh yeah a lot of galleries don't but they didn't really like it Mm -hmm. so which i can see yeah Yeah, i can tarnish and do weird things and i totally respect that Yeah. Um, So I was kind of dissuaded from that and more like, why don't you save up, buy yourself a little bit of gold and then see what you can do with that. And then I did and I added it to my silver pieces and that started to work out well. And so eventually um, I did a couple of pieces that were just fully gold and it was just Sorry, all the clinks. (laughs) Just getting back to my bartending roots over here. Keep going. I'm listening. Those are good roots. Um, Yeah. So eventually like getting that check where it's like, okay, shit, I could, I would have made, I don't know, like 15 pairs of this earring Mm -hmm. in silver for the price of this check now that I'm getting for one pair in gold. And it was just kind of like, this is dumb. That's incredible. Obviously, it is time to switch. And it was designs that I knew were successful and that people had asked about. And I made them maybe a little smidge smaller because it's lighter. <laughs> yes, it's lighter. Yeah, because gold yeah. is a lot heavier. And um, and then there's people who also were like, "Oh, I'm allergic to silver. I can't wear silver." And I'm like, yeah. oh, you poor thing. Well, let me help you with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here's this much more expensive pair of earrings. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I think sometimes you just need an excuse to to get the better thing if you can afford it. Why not? Right? Yeah, I'm always curious to how people start fine jewelry lines. I mean. Like in gold and diamonds. It's, and then I think it's Do you very, want to know a secret? Yes, I love secrets. <laughs> oh, my God. So I decided that if I was going to do my gold production line, um, that I needed to do it online, selling it online. But it's going to put it on Etsy. Yeah. I made rings in silver, sent them to my plater, photographed them as gold. So I didn't have to have a shit ton of money saved up to start this production line. It was just like, well, honey, this is gonna be Photoshopped anyway. Yeah. Um, no one's ever going to have these pieces, you know, like I can yeah, tell like your display if it's pieces. solid gold or if it's plated and I'm never gonna accidentally sell the plated ring, you know? Yeah. So that's how I got started with that. It was just like. So then your lead time when someone would order a gold ring, you'd give yourself enough time for them to pay you, mm-hmm. then order the gold to make the piece. Yes, never make anything until that money is in your account. Oh, does, yeah. is that like a thing most people know and I just didn't realize that? What, that, that last part about 
yeah, that, that a lot of people do that. That's kind of like a trick of the trade. Oh, getting paid first? Yeah. Honey, that's the oldest job and the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's making some like awesome hand gestures, whatever. Gestures. I don't know the, I don't know the right word. <laughs> whatever. Um, interesting. So this is your first foray into yes fine jewelry because this is what i love about you and what i wanted to talk with you most about is that you're a different type of artist here at pentaculum than most in that studio whereas you know you're not making work from different materials and experimenting and it's not contemporary jewelry Mm -hmm. that you're applying to exhibitions you are a fine jeweler like you make mostly wedding rings and engagement rings yes yeah, yes. and it's a whole different way of thinking about your studio practice and mm-hmm. your intention behind it, mm-hmm. and a whole different um, price bracket to a whole different level. Yeah, <laughs> so this was the first yeah. start of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. was like just just sitting there at Taboo, selling pieces, watching women, you know, well-to-do women, get their hair done and come in and give themselves a treat. Yeah, and just going for the, the know, gold. Yeah, going for the gold. And it's like, oh, I love this stacking ring. Yeah, if it you know it's within my means, I have a five hundred dollar budget. I'm gonna buy this thing and just being like, what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, what? That's your budget? Okay, that's my rent. Um, (laughs) So then, how did you start to? Because you don't. I kind of call it like engagement wedding bands, and Mm -hmm. then maybe like in terms of, I don't know, boutique jewelry, right? So you're kind of moving away from boutique Mm -hmm. and making more of fine jewelry. Let's yes, use those words for so. now. I yeah. don't know how to describe Wait, it. What do you mean by boutique jewelry? Uh, I guess I would describe boutique as like what you would see in a boutique, like oh, lower okay. price points, kind of. Um, oh, yes. not necessarily something that will become an heirloom, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like uh, it's Forever Twenty One earrings, but those are that doesn't count. That's you know. I think I know where you're going with. Okay, this. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm not sorry. describing it very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I get it. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. So when did you decide that you're just going to transition to this? Um, well, just the more it, it just naturally happens. A little bit of gold in my silver to all the way gold for some pieces to being like, okay, what what can I do to get that steady again? When we were talking about the steady income and how yeah. that's so freeing, mm-hmm. um, I figured that people get married all the time, and wedding bands are something that you're going to you know, most people are going to have at least one set of in their life. Yeah, um, totally true. And I didn't want to do diamonds for the longest time because I thought that conflict-free was a crock of shit. I still do. I, uh, the Kimberly process is not stringent enough. It's it's not transparent enough. Yeah. So I was just like, well, I just won't do diamonds um, until I started to use diamonds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how she got yes. there. Well, because th- I found out that, you know, through the ethical metalsmiths, mm-hmm. um, that you can buy recycled diamonds and you yeah. can buy diamonds that are sourced ethically that are coming from Canada or Australia or places where they have um, at least environmental precautions. And yeah. even if you're not comfortable with that, they're at least paying their miners living wages yes or yeah. period really let's face it and those if you're listening and if, if you don't know about ethical metalsmiths like go to their web page mm-hmm. if you're a studio jeweler like look them up donate to them and if you're a student you get a, a very nice discount and there's lots of perks for you 
Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even know this. Yeah. I'm not even a member. I should. I got to get a, become a yeah, member. Yeah, go check it out. I will. Go I'll do that out. too. I'll put it in the description of the podcast. Yeah. I feel like it's about to metamorphosize. Is that a word? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to change soon. I feel like there's, okay. there's some change in the wind and it's good. It's good changes. Yes. yes. Okay, awesome. Yes. Actually, one of my bosses at my new work is on the board. Oh. Yeah, because oh, we're so all cool. like ethically sourced yes. recycled metals all oh, yeah i admire which was admire a big part of me so being in love with that company it's called barrio neil they're amazing yeah. yeah so so then you start using diamonds because you mm-hmm. realize people want engagement rings yes. and they want diamonds as much as we can try to I get know. away from that de beers bowl it's yeah. real it is real yeah and i didn't even know how to look at these things before i mean here i am yeah <laughs> like, with this weird background not at all having to do with anything fine um oh gosh and there's just so many levels there's so many little rabbit holes to fall in like specializing in you can just be a gemologist or you can be a person who just grades diamonds like it gets so ticky tacky in Mm -hmm. a hurry um so yeah so yeah I did a couple of things with like recycled diamonds like using melee, you know, just little tiny babies. Oh yeah, little tiny diamonds. Mm-hmm. And that was basically my start because I was like, okay, I can get these from Hoover and Strong. They're real cheap. They're inexpensive, yes. And I can yeah. get them recycled or from Canada. I feel good about either of those choices. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I can, you know, bump my price up so much because of the perceived value. Yes. Yeah. That is kind of something I sh- I was really shocked the first time someone asked me to make them like a diamond ring. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, what's your budget? I don't even know. And then I went on Hoover and Strong, which anybody, uh, you have to have a wholesale count with them. Yeah, you used to be able to have a student count, but not anymore. Yeah. Um, but they are in Virginia. West Virginia or Virginia? Oh, Virginia. In Richmond. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they're really known within the industry as this great company that, yeah, refines metal, uses, mm-hmm. sells recycled metals and ethically sourced stones, as we you just said. Um, so I went on there to find a diamond and I was like, come again, sister. Like, yeah. Can, diamonds can be real cheap in some ways and people just jack up the prices like crazy. Yes. Or they can be really crazy expensive. Yeah. I'm like, why? I did hold in my <laughs> hand a $9,000 diamond at work the other day. And it, it was big and beautiful, and it almost looked fake, actually. That's the thing about a really good diamond. It looks fake. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's where Moissanites will come in for me. Like, I'm like, well, if you yeah. want that kind of a diamond and your budget is this, you cannot have a diamond. But yeah. you can have this, and it is beautiful and sparkly and There's manufactured a lot of- right here in the good old U.S. of A. Yeah. And, um, yeah, all of those uncomfortable feelings about mining and human rights yeah. all the little things um <laughs> like let's just kind of swept under the rug like this is yeah yeah Mo- moissanites are up and coming yeah the, what are they like a lab grown they look just like a diamond yeah they look just like a diamond they are lab grown they're not um like a cz the quality of a cz um is crap yeah uh, moissanites are much better they're gorgeous they're gorgeous and they're um strong you can uh Use, you can apply heat to them a certain degree. I don't. Oh wow! Can don't you get s- me in the technicals. I so don't then, know. could you do it? Like, because diamonds can withstand the heat, so you can actually set them in wax and cast the metal around the diamond. Yes. Can you do that with a moissanite? I do not know. We're getting very technical ju- jewelry nerd, <laughs> and I love it. I feel very comfortable. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the answer to that. I haven't tried. That. But yeah. I know that I have actually 
I had one under a torch before. I can't remember why. Maybe it was a repair. Yeah. Um, but, and it was fine. I kind of Googled it first to be like, is this going to suck for me? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, obviously it wasn't somebody's precious ring. It was something I was experimenting with, but like, yeah, it was fine. Oh, good. Just fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. so we had this conversation once this last summer, which, because mm-hmm. I recently did an engagement ring for a friend and um, I had a really hard time because she wanted to the partner wanted a certain type of setting and I don't, I was not in my skill set. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, oh, well, you just go to Jewelers Row and have someone set the stone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, but that's cheating because I didn't do it then. And <laughs> mm-hmm. then it's not handmade. And they just kind of looked at me like, oh, sweetie, you yeah. need to get over that shit. And then we have this whole conversation about that because as you're growing in your business mm-hmm. and you're, like the anti the custom design work I'm sure you're doing or the engagement rings you're designing you're um getting further and further maybe away from your own skill set or comfort zone yes the comfort zone is huge yeah yeah part of it and so it's industry standard that's why like places like Jewelers Row in Philadelphia exist because these companies outsource their stone setting Mm -hmm. their casting for sure Mm -hmm. um like like we just come from this craft school background where right. if I don't cast the ring myself and set all the stones and finish it all on my own, then somehow I didn't make it. Right. Yeah. It's not handmade. It's not handmade. But that's not true. That is not true. And the other thing is like, oh, so you're going to take your diamond to jeweler's row and a robot's going to set it? No. No. A person who has been doing this, practicing this specific skill for years, yeah. who is extremely talented at doing this one specific thing and doing it super well, is yeah. going to do it with their hands. I mean, I can't, <laughs> when you think about it too, it's like, oh yeah, of course. Like it's crazy to think that one single person, and there are people out there that do exist oh, like yes, this, and, and I'm just not one of them. Very proud of them are all. That are just like the most amazing caster and designer and CAD worker and can set their own stones and do all the things. Yeah. Arthur How Hash, long does it take to hello, break? that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not trying to make a living off of it full time. Right. Um, he can take his time to like teach himself these skills and whatnot. But you know what? Like, I'm not going to cast my own stuff because ugh, half the time there's a lot of porosity. Yes, and uh, I didn't have the space for that. Yeah, or you the, also don't have the space or the for background, it. Or the background, the money to invest in all of that equipment. Or the time, right? Because yes. the time that it's going to take that guy who's been setting stones for 40 years mm-hmm. to set like 10 stones in a ring, it's going to take me 10 times the t- amount of time. Right, and you might break a stone yeah, or lose something mm-hmm. or have to start all over again. Yeah. And then how much does that cost you? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I, I struggle with still. Yeah. Um, I want to like the people that I work with. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I have a, I have a guy uh, who's a stone setter, and he, but he's my friend. Like, yeah. I love him, and I trust him with anything. And he actually mentored me for a little bit on the bench. Like, oh. he showed me some bench jeweler tricks, and, um, and he's just a great guy. So, like, and my caster, like, I, you know, I didn't know them before, but, like, we've kind of created a relationship, and, mm-hmm. like, I know I can call up, you know, Dan and be like, hey, I need this thing. And um, so for me, that's also a part of it and and a part of my comfort zone. Like, I yeah. don't want to work with a client 
for a couple of months or whatever and design this ring that we've both put a lot of creative energy into. Yeah. And then just have somebody that I don't know do yeah. the, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, yeah, like you get your people. Like Jewelers yeah. Row is full of setters. Yeah. But you create relationships with certain people and that's that's your people. That's your yeah. guy. Yeah. That's your guy. Um but so on your website or how transparent are you about that? Because I feel like it's kind of just like unsaid thing that it a is. lot of people know. Yeah. But do, what do you say to the clientele? I do not say anything on yeah. my website because I think it's kind of like, no, like I don't think it's important to yeah. say that. Do you know what I mean? Like I think yeah. it, it would probably cause more questions. But when I'm talking to clients, um, I will say like, okay, yeah, I, I will – I know how I'm going to make this ring. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And sometimes that is like, I'm just going to do it myself. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and then other times it's like, okay, I'm going to send this to my guy. Um, he was my mentor and he blah, 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 blah. And he's going to set this diamond for you because I don't feel comfortable doing it or whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. And they don't need to know that. Yeah. They, they never really, they're, no one's ever surprised or questioning or like, well, is he, how do you know you can trust him and all this stuff. Like, it has never come up. Yeah. Um, uh, but I always feel, I still feel obligated to disclose that. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, if it was somebody's grandma's ring, obviously I'm going to say something about that. But yeah. even if it's just like a specific shape of moissanite or whatever, some stone that we source together, my client and I, um, I want to, I just feel obligated to share that if I'm not going to do the labor yeah yeah and i also think that it's interesting um that people find it interesting to know what the process is yeah like what what is casting well how does that work some people do want to know some people don't give Mm -mm. anything they're just like whatever i just want this pretty object on my finger and god bless those people yeah love those people (laughs) but then some people do i did when i did my last engagement ring i i mean it's my friend right Mm -hmm. so i i told him i was like i'm outsourcing these stone settings because this is not my specialty i'm not good at this Mm -hmm. and i'm probably gonna screw it up and i'd rather just get it done right yeah and it was great oh god it was magical you just yeah. yeah, this guy, Gabe um, Pavlovsky, who's on Jewelers Row, and my friend recommended a guy, and it's him, and he's fantastic. And then awesome. I'll definitely go back to him. He's my guy. I got a yeah, guy. Yeah, you got a guy. I did get a guy. It's good to have a guy. I know. <laughs> it's all about making those connections wherever you're at. Yeah. But you're in Florida now. Yes. So this is the part that we didn't get to, no, the timeline of Maryland it took Broken. it so long for me to It's fine. Let's the give country. them the Reader's Digest version of the Andy. <laughs> I'll try. So, you, you know, you're, you transition to fine jewelry engagement whatever and yeah. then your partner finishes school mm-hmm. and gets a job in florida mm-hmm. it um, happened really fast it did i feel like i talked to you one day and then the next week you're like we're moving i was just starting to put up my production like like wedding bands like really basic wedding bands on etsy mm-hmm. as we were preparing to leave oh god that's i stressful. mostly set that up right when we got into florida like mm. so i haven't been doing this for very long like that particular part of it like full full bore yeah yeah so you're still fresh on it yeah and so your guy mm-hmm. is still back in san diego yes so you ship the rings and I everything do. to him to get yes. it done because yes. what you're living like somewhere magical weren't you living on like a freaking island <laughs> the gulf coast yeah. god i hate you <laughs> all the pictures of you just like eating shrimp and oysters every day so much oh i'm gonna get gout yeah that's yeah. okay <laughs> um but um, so yeah so it's a lot of shipping for you now yes um but a friend of mine who is also in the 
industry. She um, told me about uh, Parcel Pro. Okay. Okay. So they deal basically with jewelers, um, people who are sending high end or expensive things uh, via UPS and FedEx. Yes. This is the next question I was going to ask. Yes. About. Yeah. So they are. Um, Strongly affiliated with UPS, I think partnered with UPS, okay. but they also offer FedEx. The FedEx prices are never as good mm-hmm. um, as UPS, and and UPS is unionized, so I oh, know unions better. are pretty weak, but I still support a union. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I can. Um, and so I usually go with them. But anyway, point is, I can ship things affordably um, that are high dollar value or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah to California and back. And it's... Um, I don't know if I'm going to forever do that or not. I don't know enough people. Like, there's there are no people where I live. Yeah. Which, so, like, it's awesome to live in this magical wonderland. But it's also, like, Maybe real inconvenient for West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe or I'll, for like, eventually job. find someone on the East Coast. I think I will. Come up to yeah. Philly. You know? Ha- spend yes. some time and go to Jewelers Row. That's, like, that's closer. Yeah, closer. I would love to do that, actually. That would mm-hmm. be really fun. Because the one in San Diego, it's just one building. Oh, And yeah. it's six floors. But um, it's a smaller community, which yeah. is has always kind of it's a theme for me. Like, I do better in smaller communities. Well, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, now I'm in, we're in, uh, we were in St. George Island, and now we're living in Apalachicola, Florida. That sounds fancy. It is amazing. I, I don't know. It's. I mean, I guess it's fancy. It's not really fancy. It's just super Beautiful. cool and historic, and um, it's country. And yeah. So am I. <laughs> How's your business doing? Great. Is, are you seeing just kind of like a steady growth? Um, yes. Because people have money for engagement rings. Yes. Like their perceived value of how much a ring should cost. There's. Also, I think there's it also varies. something kind of like mental going on. Like. Um, emotionally you want to spend all this money on this ring to show this person or like like size matters to a lot of people and things like that. So you have a lot playing in your favor. (laughs) Well, that was kind of the part of the strategy was like, I don't want to sell a hundred dollar earrings anymore. I don't want to sell $200 earrings anymore. I want to, I want to uh, offer higher end pieces because it's like, putting in it's the same amount of work for yeah more money anyway it takes the same amount of time to pack up those earrings in a box and ship them Mm -hmm. as it does to pack up that ring and ship it maybe the box costs a little more maybe the shipping costs a little more but i also stopped um i don't sell at galleries Mm. um i don't have any wholesale accounts i don't have anything it's just me yeah so that's nice yeah it is and and i'm selling pretty much exclusively online although there have been some people who are um vacationing or i had a couple who were eloping in my town and they were like oh my god you're an apologicola are you kidding me this is that's cool yeah it was really sweet i got to meet them and we had a drink and I love yeah, that. Yeah, it was really sweet. So do you <laughs> might mostly sell through your website or Etsy? Um, Right. Well, no, Etsy. Yeah. Yeah. Etsy. Wow. Yeah, Etsy, Etsy works for people. It's it's huge. I mean, yeah. it's just so gigantic and people go, they know that name. Yeah. They might not know me. And yeah. some people care about who I am. You know, like, I want to know the person who's making me a ring. Tell me something about yourself. I'm like, well, read my bio. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's right there. People yeah. don't read. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, um, 
yeah, mostly Etsy. Just I think the traffic is just huge there. And yeah. I did just recently invest in updating my website and uh, putting up some brand new beautiful photos yeah. and um, having just re redoing it, giving a little bit of a polish. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You're zeroing in on it. You're like, I am. Look, you're like a couple years into the fine jewelry mm-hmm. thing. It takes a long time. It does. Yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of work and ways that you don't expect. And most mm-hmm. of it is not at the bench. Yeah. Or even drawing or coming up with designs. It's mostly answering emails nowadays. Like answering emails, setting up conferences with people to discuss designs, and then you know, a lot of coordinating and. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a lot of work. So where do you see your business going? Just keep on trucking? Yeah, I would like to eventually be more focused on the engagement rings. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to start, like right now my engagement ring line is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, And it's pretty, I don't want to use the term basic, but it is what it you is. You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, like, I think that it helps me visually to be able to see, like, what would this look like with a round stone? Yeah. What would this look like with an oval? Yeah. What about, you know, a rectangle? So seeing all of those things, and just having them all, get same setting, mm-hmm. same band, and then we can go from there, that's where I've chosen to start. So I'm yeah. gonna start diversifying that. And there's been a couple of really great, um, custom jobs that I've done this year mm-hmm. has been more custom so I think people love custom yeah well yeah because it. everybody wants to feel like their ring is like the one yeah yeah exactly and that's really fun for me and um, it's probably much better money right it is yeah yeah it has to be because it's a lot more work oh yeah yeah and um yeah and pe- people seem to be willing to pay for it yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wedding rings and bands and engagement rings. It's just cash cow for yeah. jewelers. Yeah. And so I just I just really was just tired of being broke and saw that this might be an opportunity that I could try. Yeah. And was comfortable working in silver, worked in silver and plated it, put it on the old interwebs as gold and started making gold. Rolled the dice. As stuff, as stuff sold. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. It's so, exciting. so coming, having this diverse background and kind of like a different focus mm-hmm. how have you felt being in the studio with people that are working in like contemporary jewelers and whatnot with completely different intentions with their work I'm totally used to that crowd yeah you're used to that crowd. yeah, yeah of course Penland whatever yeah so I mean I mean I think that if it was a couple of years ago and I was doing this and I was in this crowd I would feel a little intimidated like mm-hmm. they think I'm dumb because I'm making the stuff that you know well, be beneath them but um I don't care anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, I don't think anybody think that at all. But it's you know, it's like it's a different, you know, it's a yeah. different way of thinking about making. I don't making. think that these people think that, but that's oh the yeah, weird of course, no, of course, head. yeah, we're all yeah, yeah, intimidated by things, and yeah, I it's, get that. Yeah, it seems I don't know. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I love <laughs> that you've like found your little niche and you're kind of leaning into it and getting yeah. going. Yeah. Your pieces are beautiful. I'm going to be putting, you know, your well, obviously I'll put your website up and images of your work and I encourage listeners like check her out. It's your Instagram handle is what 
is your business name your name? Like, what's up with that? You need to get your branding in zero yeah, a little no, bit maybe. more for me. I know I do. Um, <laughs> you're only two years in. You're fine. Right. Oh. But your production line of work was what? Called Meander Works? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is, is, so is your fine jewelry still under that name, Meander Works? It is right now. Yeah, on Etsy it is. Um, my website is still... You can, you can find it at meanderworks.com or marilynbrogan.com. So either one of those. I own you both have, URLs. I am so fancy. Are they both tied to the same site? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's going to switch over soon. To, it's just going to be Marilyn Brogan. Yeah. I like and that. And I'll probably leave the Etsy meanderworks because whatever. Yeah, because if you s- change your shop... Yeah, you can't oh, right. change your name that's or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have to really stay wild. as Meanderworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on Instagram, I'm Meanderworks as well. Yeah. And that will also switch over when the website switches. So not yeah. that that will affect anything. Streamline that. Yes. Oh, oh, that's fancy. Well, I'm excited for you. Thank your, you. Your pieces are looking stunning. And yeah, it's Thanks. cool to see you make that transition because yeah. I I haven't thought about doing it, but I know, I know a couple other jewelers that I've been noticing that are like um, Jill Baker Gower. She was a resident at Aeromont and Mm -hmm. is in all the galleries and I like love her contemporary jewelry and she's like, I'm doing this thing I've been dreaming of for a really long time. I'm launching a fine line of jewelry under like a different name Mm -hmm. and it's diamonds and it's beautiful and it's engagement rings and whatnot. And I think a lot of people, I mean, sometimes you just get to a place where you're like, where am I going to grow and where can I go? And this is an obvious choice for jewelers yes yeah and and i feel like i don't know I, when you were asking me what i wanted to do next or what's going to be on the horizon yeah um i think for me like just jumping into this pool mm-hmm. um and deciding like this is what i'm going to do now i've started very minimalist aesthetic which is great i love it i'll probably keep some of that but what i really want to do is kind of find my voice again in yeah. this new medium Oh yeah. yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, because I I'm 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 the water. I'm acclimated to the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, now I just need to kind of like find my voice in this because that's really important. It I'm is still important an to have like a very s- strong aesthetic to your work. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would like for it to be like identifiable. Yeah, to, and you'll get there. Yeah, that kind of stuff takes years. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck Thank for it. Thank you so much. Your little Florida paradise. <laughs> coming to visit. Yes, please do. It's warm all the time. Yeah, tell me when to come when it's like the perfect weather. I don't want it to be too hot. No, you do not. You yeah. will avoid, I'll give you the skinny on that. But okay. yeah, no July, no August. And we'll eat shrimp and drink yes. cocktails on the yes, beach. Yes, and hopefully I'll have a golf cart by then. Oh my God. Ugh, I miss... <laughs> Living at craft schools, they always have golf carts. I miss them. I miss cruising in golf carts. It's like my favorite pastime. And this is like how you get around in my town, too. That is hilarious. really funny. It's really funny. I love it. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, Marilyn, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thanks for coming to Pentaculum. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? This was fantastic. Yeah, we're almost done. It's Thursday, so one more day. Um, I know. <laughs> it goes by so fast. It does. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This has been another episode of Perceived Value, the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists. Until next time. Perceived Value is a podcast recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as at Perceived Value. Stream us directly from our website at perceivedvaluedpodcast.com or listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Just don't forget to rate and review us. 
Thanks for listening.